Our house is in the middle of the street. Our house is the one that looks so beat. But our house will be much better when we're through. Thanks to Justin, we know exactly what to do. And our house will be better than the rest. Our house. You can put it to the test that our house will be the best one when we're through because we have the help of House Flipping HQ. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, hey, what's going on, all you guys and gals out there in house flipping land? Hope you're having another fantastic week out there making things happen, getting those offers out creating the systems to not only allow you to work in, but on your business. That is what it is all about here at House Flipping HQ. Before we dive right into our interview today, which is amazing, by the way, wanted to remind you about the House Flipping webinars, which we have been doing once every three to four weeks or so. You can go to houseflippinghq.com slash webinar. I'm actually doing one later today, uh, which is going to be awesome. I'm going to talk a lot more about analyzing properties because that is something that is so important is the basic foundation of the foundation of your business. And if you do not know how to properly analyze properties, you will be dead in the water. So anyway, I'm going to show you a video of me actually comping a house. And um, I'm gonna talk a lot more about how to find after repaired value and different things to look at in this market, which is has changed from years past. So give you some tips and tricks, whether you are new or have some experience, you will probably learn a thing or two. Then we will talk about the uh, mastermind group, which we have created, which is second to none, going to be the best house flipping mastermind community anywhere, hands down. I'm creating tons of video tutorials on exactly how we comp properties, how we estimate repairs, showing you the actual houses. I'm just going through and showing you all the houses that you know we've flipped, or at least a ton of them, as many as we can get out there, and what we did before and after, what it cost us, and just the, the details. In fact, that's where I got that uh, intro song from, one of those houses uh, Mark put, uh, house, anyway, okay, all right, I'm digressing big time. So go to housewomenhq.com slash webinar and you can sign up for the next upcoming webinar even if you're listening to this in the future we will be doing more and i'm going to make some pretty cool announcements uh that's going to make our mastermind group even better so check that out for a little training the mastermind group and then any questions you have we tell it all so we will see you there all right Without any further ado, let's get a cracking on our interview today with the amazing Scott and Holly McCann. Take it away. All right. How's it going, House Flipping Nation? Today, I'm super excited for our guest. Holly and Scott have been good friends of mine for several years now. 
We have been a part of mastermind meetings together. Uh, I, I've been to their house for barbecues. They're actually building a, a home in uh, Dana Point, which is just down the road for me. So that's pretty exciting. Um, maybe they can like, tell us a little more about that, how it's going. Can't, can't wait to hang out with you guys. So uh, what else? So, yo, Polly, you came to the event I had in Big Bear. Not Big Bear. It was Arrowhead, right? Was it Big Bear? I don't even remember where it was. Arrowhead. That. Arrowhead that's right. <laughs> The uh, mastermind event I had there. So been, uh, you know, been through a lot. I saw Scott on just a couple days ago at the Tony Alvarez seminar. That was quite the event, huh? Yeah, yeah. And you had your old son with me too. Yeah, you had your son, which I thought was awesome. Getting him started young. What were his thoughts? Uh, he he liked it a lot. Um, certain stuff was over his head, like when For Tony sure. was talking about entities and tax planning and certain financing aspects, but he's really enthusiastic about real estate. Yeah. Tony is something else, huh? That guy has some energy. You know, I think I have ADD, man. <laughs> well, not only energy, but he has tremendous passion. Yes. Yes. I, I think that's the word I meant to say, actually. I mean, just, he just, I don't know, anything he says, you're just like, fills you up. So yeah, he took me up there. I had no idea what I was going to talk about. Um, and then he had me go up there and I was just like, all right. I'm ready. So <laughs> anyway, I kind of uh, missed the whole intro. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one, the two, the only uh, Scott and Holly McCann. Woo! All right. We just kind of got talking there, kind of got into the moment. So um, Scott and Holly, I love, you know, I, I love your guys' story. You've told me a little about your story in the past, actually a couple of times. Um, I love that you guys work together, uh, which is kind of my wife and I have worked together a lot. And I think that's good for a lot of people to see that. So let's, first of all, give us a little more about your background. Then we'll start to get more into your business and the dynamic of you guys working together, together and all kinds of fun stuff. So let's uh, go for it, guys. Okay. Well, I'm a civil engineer by training and background. I'm a registered civil engineer. I got a degree in that. Holly? I was a CPA. So fresh out of school, I worked for one of the big CPA firms and worked full-time for five years. Then I quit and had four kids and stayed home with them and jumped back into working from home with Scott doing the real estate a few years ago. So his path was working for home builders um, and titling land for single family homes. And he can tell you more about that. Yeah, I worked for home builders for eight to 10 years, uh, running projects, uh, project management, and what they call forward planning or land entitlements entitling projects, getting projects approved to, you know, get built. And that led to your land deal, right? Yeah, so um, that led me to, I was able to do a land deal where I uh, found some land and entitled it for 73 homes and was able to flip that to a builder, wow. which I sold in 06. And that allowed him to quit his job. It was a starter chunk of money, so he quit his job, and from there... We thought California was doing badly, so we went to Texas, and we tried a condo conversion project that did not do well. And so after we learned a bunch of lessons there, we came back here and started flipping single-family homes here in Southern California, one at a time, in 2008. In 2008. And so, since then, we've flipped about 150 single-family homes. That's awesome. So... I remember I've heard you guys tell your story before. So with the land entitlement, I was really fascinated by that. I know nothing about land at all. 
and to hear, you know, we won't make mention specifics, but to hear all the money you guys made on that one deal, I was like, what? Your first deal? And then I think you got into another deal that wasn't quite as good. Um, and then you had the Texas thing that wasn't quite as good. But so is it safe to say that there, there can be some ups and downs in this business? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And thankfully, we've had more ups and downs because we're still, you know, going along and... and- Go ahead. No, no. And I, I love that. And I'm the same way. A lot of people are like, well, can't you lose money? I'm like, sure you can. But if you get some basic education and you hedge your risk, you know, investing is not so much gambling. I guess it would be gambling if you had no idea what you're doing and you just went out for it. But if you get some ba- basic education, run some numbers, it's kind of like, you know, I know none of us, neither one of us, at least I don't think you guys gamble, right? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're of the same faith and we don't gamble. So anyway, but to me, it's almost like if you did gamble, imagine if you had a dice that had 10 numbers on it, and the only time you lose is if it lands on a one, and you win every other time. That's how investing is to me, right? Real estate investing. I mean, um, anyway, maybe that's a bad analogy. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, we've, I mean, we've lost money on houses and deals. And, uh, you know, I, I heard a guy telling me one time, oh, I've never, ever lost money on a house. And I was really surprised by that. <laughs> well, and I've heard experts say, if you've never lost money on a house, then you're not doing it right, that you're not. You're not doing enough, right? You haven't done enough deals. And I think we've talked about this because I, I say the same thing. I say, if someone tells me they haven't lost money, I say, well, you're probably leaving a lot of money on the table, number one, and you probably haven't flipped very many houses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's amazing because I don't, I don't care. I don't care because it's like, seems like the ones that I do lose on, it's like, I lose a little bit and the ones that I win on, I win big and all together, it's just pretty amazing. So, okay. So I want to get into your business right now, but Scott, to tell you the truth, I know I didn't talk to you this about this before, but do you mind giving us like a little more details on, I am interested and curious in land. Like, do you mind giving us a little uh, details about how someone would go about getting and entitling land and kind of, what's the process before land is ready to be built on? Like, the, the elevator pitch type thing? <laughs> well, uh, it's really, really location specific, jurisdiction specific. So you have to know where the land is. Is it in a city or county area? Who controls giving you the approval to build what on it? So normally land is zoned and designated like this type, this land and this location can be built as you know, office park or single family or apartments or whatever. Um, I know in our market in Southern California, it's been, the land market's really changed. It's super competitive to buy land for single family right now. It's very, very, very difficult. Interesting, huh? And that wasn't the case just like a couple of years ago, right? No, in the last like 18 months, it seems to have gone. Since the market's really, really gone up, the land has gone up, okay. Yeah, there's been tremendous, you know, corporate appetite, you know, big money, big money chasing deals and bidding them up. So it's really, uh, you, you know, I mean, you can buy land farther out, but then, you know, how long are you going to have to wait? It's, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think you want to wait, you know, plan on, well, hopefully two or three cycles from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> buildable. Exactly. So back to, I mean, you don't need to work with the agency, you know, usually it's a city, but it might be a county and start talking to them about what can be done here and what are you going to look for? And there's potentially a lot of challenges. I mean, there's flood zones or fault zones or um, access issues to transportation endangered or species. endangered species. There's, you know, certain times of year 
only when you can test for endangered species and stuff, depending on the species. So it's uh, it's a lot more work than single family. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of expertise and knowledge, which he got working for home builders for years. It's not it's like you can't just learn about totally. it. Jump in. Okay. So there's a lot of there's there's legal challenges too. You know that there's a lot of uh, people and attorneys out there that will challenge your project. You know, just for no legitimate reason. So, so it's a pretty high risk. Takes a long time. It probably was it take like a couple of years to get land in title. I know it varies probably quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it varies. It, it, it depends. I mean, it can take you know triple that, or it could take less than that. It just depends on the land. It depends on how sensitive it is. It depends on how many other people really care about it. You know, are concerned and going to battle you on it. It depends. Um, is it? Does it need? Do you need to change zone? Does the general plan, does the zone change have to get done with the update? For example, in Riverside County right now, they're not updating their general plan until 2016. Um, but that was like a six or eight year window, right? Yeah. So you could have walked in the front door, you know, three, four years ago to, hey, I want to build this here. And they said, okay, we'll wait till 2016 and then we'll talk to you about it. So wow. it just, uh, it just really depends. Okay, cool. Um, okay, well, how about, you know, for me specifically, I've uh, checked out and been interested in maybe just building a house like on a lot or something like that. How would, do you know anything about that? How would you go about that? It's uh, you know, that's much, much simpler. Normally what you're talking about is more of an infill property, right? You're because you're not going to go w- build one lot way out, you know, in some hinterland. No, no, no. Probably, right. So if it's in a developed area, there's a vacant lot there. There's probably not environmental issues at that point. Uh, you know, you've already got frontage improvements. You probably have easy access to utilities. It's got the zoning there from the city. Normally, that's much simpler. Um, one big thing, to, so you go and, again, talk to the city about it. Check out, you know, what are setbacks? What are my height requirements? What are my um, parking requirements? And so forth. Um, one frequent thing that you really need to check out is the soils condition. Um, so you might need a soils report for that, or you probably will need a soils report to make sure that it's buildable. Okay, very cool. I guess, I guess that could be a whole entire podcast, huh? So we'll, uh, <laughs> so let, let's talk now. Let's dive into you know 2008. You guys are back in California, getting into the single family game. What got you to uh, get into the single family game? Uh, well, we saw opportunity, you know, so uh, we saw opportunity and then Holly took Bruce Norris's boot camp and thought he was really great. And so then we went out and started looking for deals. Okay. And how'd you go about that? Uh, we did it through... Auction.com at first. Yeah, I think that was... We bought our first thing through the... Oh, awesome. When they were doing just the REO auctions, obviously. It wasn't... Yeah. Back then they were doing trustee sell auctions. Um, so you, you did... Uh, auction.com for a while and you and i were doing the the trustee sale game for a while at about the same time right so i know you guys were doing that um what what other ways have you been buying properties in the past few years since 2008 we haven't i mean for a while we bought um tons of properties on the courthouse steps at trustee sales uh but we probably haven't done that in three years um so since then holly's really great at networking she goes out and loves to meet people and get to know people. And so she does that primarily with realtors and gets them to, you know, get the phone ringing and bring us deals. Okay. So that brings us up to the present. So your main thing right now, yeah, Holly, what, I know you're the networking queen. That's what they call you, right? That's what I've heard. 
I've I, heard that too. I didn't know I was the queen, but yeah. <laughs> I've actually been to a you know presentation. I think you came and spoke and talked about networking specifically. So what are um, what are the ways you're getting deals right now? And, and how do you go about this networking thing that helps you, you know, bring in those deals? I talk to, you know, lots of people at non-real estate events as well. So the Chamber of Commerce and through, you know, other networking groups like BNI and, and there's one called Team. I haven't joined any of them, but I'll visit them and I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm looking to meet realtors. Who do you know that's a realtor? And then I'll talk to them and explain to the realtor what I'm trying to do. I email them, you know, what I'm looking for after I talk to them. I'm trying to buy it about, you know, 75% of after repaired value, that I'm a cash buyer. I make it all about what's in it for them. I tell them, hey, how do you like to get two commissions instead of one? I'll buy it with you and I'll resell it with you. And they get really excited about that, especially when I tell them the stories of a couple of realtors that I've bought and sold eight houses with. They're like, oh, wow, they see the dollars and they get excited about that. Awesome. So, well, first off, you're the first person who's ever mentioned that you go to different events besides real estate investing, you know, events. Most people just mention real estate investing clubs. So I think that's pretty interesting. And I think about that too sometimes. Now, so Chamber of Commerce, I've never been to a Chamber of Commerce meeting, I don't think. What, <laughs> what, what's a Chamber of Commerce meeting? What happens there? And how can you go and whatnot? Uh, most cities have a Chamber of Commerce. So you could call your local city and uh, look up your local Chamber of Commerce and ask them when they have mixers or networking events. And then you go to those and you're just mixing and mingling. And of course, I mean, networking could be a whole podcast in and of itself. But when you talk to someone, you, you want to make it about them and, oh, hey, what do you do? What's your business? I'll say, oh, I sell copiers. Like, oh, really? That's really interesting. I'll keep on the lookout for people that could use your service. And then, of course, they flip it to you and go, what do you do? I'm like, oh, well, I'm a real estate investor and I'm always looking to meet realtors. And in general, it's really hard for people in networking groups to find referrals for realtors because not, there's not a lot of people buying and selling their personal residences, but that's kind of you know, what they're hoping to get referrals for. So the people in referral groups and members get excited. They go, oh, wow, I have a referral for you know, Susie at Keller Williams, Holly. I can give her to Holly. And, and I also will sometimes incentivize the people in groups if we're going around and making little 30 second commercials, I'll tell them, hey, if you lead me to a realtor that I buy a house with, I'll give you, you know, 250 bucks or 400 bucks or something like that. And I had one guy, a very driven, ambitious little networker guy, call him little, he's like 25 years old. He had eight agents call me within 24 hours once. And one of those I've now bought a couple houses with. And oh, so awesome. I paid him a $500 referral fee for him leading me to her. Now, what you said BNI, what is BNI? I think it stands for Business Networking International, and they have chapters all over the world. Okay. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with Christy Sertwill. Yeah. She is in Long Beach, and uh -huh. she raves about it. So she is officially a member of BNI. Awesome. I've visited chapters, haven't joined, especially because once I decided I wanted to join, which was probably six months ago, I knew I was moving and wanted to wait till I got to my new area. But she's found both investors and deals from her BNI group in Long Beach. Very cool. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I imagine it's a great way to uh, to get investors to find potential deals, and especially if it's in your local area that you're investing in, you kind of become the go-to person that people can contact. And the thing is, real estate investing clubs are great as well, 
but everyone there is kind of looking for the same thing a lot of times, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're you're competing with everybody. Of course, you you want to stand out as best you can. But oh, here's another networking thing. So I was working out at the gym just an hour ago, and this guy came up to me who I just met like a month ago, and he goes, "Hey, my sister's having a hard time. She can't afford her house. So it's something that you might want to you know look at buying." I'm like, sure. He goes, "Okay, well, I have your card." I told her I knew this real estate lady. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't like blasting people's faces. Hey, I'm looking for a house. What crappy house do you know about? If people, you know, bring it up, I just say, oh, I'm an investor. I'm always looking for opportunities. Or if you know somebody that's in a distressed situation. And I told him too, I go, hey, I'm not looking to steal your sister's house. But, you know, if she's already decided she needs to leave, then I'm open to talking to her. Awesome. So, okay, so networking, how, how else are you guys buying houses right now? Are you making offers on the MLS? Are you doing any kind of direct mailing? Are you just networking pretty much? I would say just networking and I'm on some wholesalers list and we've bought two wholesale deals in the last month. And that's the first time we bought a wholesale deal in the last couple of years, I think. Burwood was the one before that. So, yeah, it's networking. Awesome. Which wholesale, you know, it is networking too, I guess, right? Networking yeah, with other investors and... Um, I love that because so many people, you know, I have a mastermind group as well. And sometimes they're just like, how do we get deals? How do we get deals? And it's like, when I really dig, it's like, okay, you're not like just putting in the time. You're not putting in effort. You're not talking to enough people. You just got to get out there and like, really like put yourself out there. You, you can't, deals don't just come find you. You got to get out and make it happen and talk to people. And over time, they will come to you if you do network with enough people, right? Right. And you definitely have to be likable. I learned a tremendous amount about networking through being in a couple of MLMs, multi-level marketing companies. All right. and I, I I'm not talking anymore. I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. I, I read books <laughs> about um, leadership. I had leadership training and I got lots of practice talking to people. And it was it was like a really good training ground. So, I mean, I would encourage people to Especially look at that book um, by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Okay. Which you, because I've met a lot of real estate investors and they do not have very good people skills. You're self-excluded. Oh, thanks. <laughs> a lot of them, like they're not warm, they're not friendly, they're very analytical, they want to analyze a deal. They don't so you have like any- me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, it makes for a great partnership, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you're not going to get deals if you, I mean, I was talking to this other investor, he said he door knocked for three years and never got any deals ever, uh-huh. but, um, he was challenged, you know, socially and, and personally. So, I mean, I think you should have got some deals. So you definitely need to work on yourself and yeah. maybe do some role playing and practicing with your friends too. So well, let's do some role playing. Come oh. on, let's do it. So, uh, you know, there are people out there who have a hard time with this and they don't know how to approach it. So Okay, so uh, okay, who should I be? You're you're gonna be Holly, and I'll be you be a realtor, okay? Okay, I'll be a realtor. So you're gonna call me or what? Are you gonna meet me at a, a meeting? You're just gonna talk to me at some meeting. Let's or say you run into him and her at the gym. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so so hey hey Justin, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a I'm a realtor actually. Wow, that's fantastic! I love meeting realtors. They're my favorite people. I happen wow. to be a real estate investor and I just can't meet enough realtors. I'm always looking for realtors to do deals with. Do you mind if I tell you a little bit about what I'm looking for? Sure. I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, I like to buy houses that have opportunity for improvement, 
maybe they're, you know, distressed either financially or, you know, they just need some updating, modernization. Maybe they're dirty. Maybe they're smelly. Do you ever come across those kind of houses? Oh, all the time. All the time. Well, I love to take those houses and make them beautiful. And if you come across a house like that, I'd love to make an offer on it through you. And if I buy it through you, I will sell it through you too. I'm 100% loyal in that way. So you're guaranteed at least two commissions. If it's your own listing, it's three commissions. And if you find the buyer, it'd be four. I mean, I would love to do some business with you and have both of us make some money. Wow. So, yeah, sounds good to me. So uh, what, you know, what's your criteria? What, what do you want me to, how do I know what to send to you? Well, I don't expect you to know construction costs by any means. But if you look for something that's, I would say, 70 to 80% of the after repaired value. So let's just run through some quick numbers. If a home would resell for $500,000, you take 500,000 times, you know, ideally I want to be below 80%, but 500,000 times 80% would be 400,000. So I need to buy it at 400,000 or less, maybe much lower if it's a lot of rehab. And if you just bring me something like that, I'll crunch my numbers and tell you where I can be with my offer. And furthermore, I will not only give you a cash offer, but if there's an opportunity to keep the loan in place and um, maybe not pay it off till the end of the flip, or if there's a seller financing opportunity, I can even pay that seller a little bit more money and you know he'll be happier and we can maybe get a deal together where otherwise we might not be able to. So just send okay. it to me and I'll evaluate it and um, let's do some business and make yeah, some- Yeah, sounds like a plan. So, so I'd take get your email and exchange emails, right? And then would you, would you do any kind of follow-up or anything like that? Yes, I then follow up with an email that reiterates our conversation I usually, you know, remind them, sometimes I don't even get the opportunity to, to say this in a conversation, but I'll say, hey, I've flipped 150 houses in Southern California. I'm a cash buyer. I will close quickly. If I buy it with you. I will resell it with you. Need to buy it, you know, about 75% of ARV. Explain what ARV is. Go through the numbers because not every realtor can do that simple math and it blows their mind. Yeah, so I walk through a sample. And um, say that as soon as they send me a deal, I'll shoot them a proof of funds and and whatever else they awesome. need. Now, when you mentioned seventy five percent of ARV, do you guys tell them like minus repair costs, or you just keep it simple? You just keep it simple. I keep it simple because I, some of them are really smart and they will calculate everything out yes. for me and say, "Here's your profit." Great. Those people are about one in a hundred. Yeah, so. I agree. And so many people are always, they, you're exactly right. They're trying to find that perfect agent that knows everything they're doing to the team. I'm like, look, like you can't look for that. You got to look for someone that you can compliment and work well together with. And, and if that already knows all that stuff, they're already working with another investor. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. And so people need, especially newer investors need to recognize, hey, I'm new. I don't need that perfect agent. I'm not going to be their perfect investor either. So we got to kind of learn together and, and you teach them as you go. So I love that. Love that. That was good role playing because a lot of people, you know, to us, it might be pretty basic. But last time I did a role play, people were like, oh, that was so great. That's just what I needed to hear. So, um, OK, awesome. So let's talk about, you know, we talked about getting the house. And one thing that I love about what you said, too, is you mentioned modernization. So many people are just looking for a house that totally needs like a ton of work. But I've seen some of your guys' houses and we've done some kind of similar type style. And sometimes you can take a house that just needs to be modernized and you can add a ton of value. 
And that's something a lot of people don't really recognize. They just think, think oh, it looks fine, right? right? A lot of houses that we're, you know, more houses that we're doing now, I would say, you know, because we're not buying the highly distressed bank stuff anymore, but there are houses that are 30, 40, 50, even 60 years old that are all in original condition, original cabinets, original flooring, original popcorn ceiling, you know, original, original, and you just can just go through it and modernize it all and update it and bring it up to today's standard. Because today's home buyer, let's say it's a young family, right? And they, they see the shows, they know what a nice house looks like. They don't want to walk into the 55 year old house with original everything. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, I can't find anything. I can't buy anything. And I'm just like, sometimes you just got to get a little creative, you know? So I, I like that. Okay. So let's move on a little bit here too. So you guys get a house under contract, right? How are you, how are you going about the rehab? Mm. What do you mean specifically? How do you manage your projects? How do you work with your contractor? Let's talk a little bit about the rehab process. Well, we, uh, you know, we have contractors that, you know, have become our preferred and, and chosen contractors that, you know, are very, we're very familiar with them. They're f- very familiar with us. They know what we're looking for. Normally, we bought, walk through the house once when we decide if we're going to buy it or not, or if we want to offer on it, and if so, how much. And then normally, we don't see it again until after we close escrow. And then as soon as we close escrow, we meet our contractor out there. And we walk through the house and we make all the decisions. Okay, do this, do that, remove this wall, change this, change that. This is going, this is staying, whatever it is. And then we have a game plan and they're off to the races. So now, Scott, do you do that part? Is that what Holly's job? Um, or both? It's, I would say it's both. I mean, um, it's usually Scott. It's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of the primary driver, but uh, you know, when we walk through, you know, it's good to get both of our inputs. It's good to get her input. And then she knows what's going on as well and so forth. And if it's like me, like, I mean, well, you know, we, I have a system for like the basic houses, you know, they just turn and burn, get done, right? But if it's the more higher end, nicer homes, I want, yeah, like more than one perspective, or at least a designer or a, a woman's perspective on like the designer, something like that, right? Because th- those are more expensive houses. You got to do it right. You know, you got to, it's got to be done perfect pretty much. Yeah, and we've conscientiously, um, you know, we made a decision. I don't know, a couple of years ago, probably, to conscientiously do the more do you know move up in price point into a nicer home um, where people are going to expect more. Yeah, yeah. Most of our homes are half a million to a million bucks now. Yeah. So that's higher for us. Maybe not for everybody. That's higher. But just to to give your newer people some insight i definitely have relied on realtors in the past like the realtor that brought me the deal especially if it's their area say what do you think we should do what do the comps look like and i push it on them to do a little research i mean one story is in barstow years ago we left the white ceramic tile countertop because we thought it's barstow they don't need granite i remember hearing this story perfect shape (laughs) but the house wouldn't sell and Uh so i think we got an offer they said, we'll pay you this price if you put granite in it. Okay, we'll put granite in it. Totally. I should have done the granite. So, And just this morning, I mean, just before I got on the phone with you, um, I was talking to our realtor in Fountain Valley. And our newest thing we've been doing with the modern houses is putting quartz on the countertops. I think it's really cool and sleek. And our 
designer we work with all the time is like, oh yeah, quartz is so cool. And it works great for, we call them our gay houses, you know, for the gay population in Palm Springs. And we're mm-hmm. doing it in our West Hollywood condo. But our contractor here, he's been really good at not only looking at colors, sometimes saying, oh, this color doesn't look good with that, which is really unusual for a man. But he said, you guys, I don't think you should do quartz in that Fountain Valley house because it's an Asian community. When I talk to the Asians at the Granite Yard and they say the Asians like granite. I'm like, really? So I call the realtor. I go, Mike, who's a white guy, will you confirm that with your Asian agent that they really like granite better? And he calls, I go, oh, yeah, they totally want granite. Don't do the court. I, oh, wow. wow. So really utilize your agent. And if, you know, like, so Mike didn't know. He called his Asian agent friend. So know your buyer, know the neighborhood, and get as much feedback from the locals that know. So I know. I love that tip. Because I, I, we've done some deals in the Palm Springs area too, and if you do it wrong, you're done. I mean, like, <laughs> you've yeah. got to you've got to nail it. Otherwise, it's like okay, you just wasted like a lot of money. So, um, I actually had someone in my mastermind group in the forum just asked, "Do you ever get a designer?" They asked me, and I said, "Well, eighty percent of my houses are you know seventy five now. I'd say are pretty turnkey, right? We we no, we don't. But yeah, sometimes we do have designers that are ready to go in certain areas. And if we ever question anything, we'll pull that, uh, you know, pull that card. Um, very cool. So let's briefly talk about financing. I think you guys pretty much do kind of similar to me. I think you have a partner do some hard money. What, what kind of, how are you financing these properties? We self-finance them uh, and we have a money partner that we finance deals with. And then um, sometimes we use hard money. Okay, very cool. We also use um, his IRA. Scott's got an IRA, and then we have the kids' college fund that have pooled together and flipped houses too. So we have four kids, three of which have um, education savings account. Uh-huh. They started with a cheap, crappy mobile home in Blythe was their first purchase awesome. for thirteen grand, and I think maybe the account started at a total of forty, and now That's it's not tough numbers. So okay, not well, it's it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, if you put your profit, most profitable deals that you can in your tax um, deferred or tax free accounts, that's a really great way to build some wealth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's what's amazing about a retirement account. Um, I mean, you can grow it exponentially without having to pay taxes on it and or deferred, like you said. And I, you know, I, I have several people lend to me in their retirement accounts as well. And it helps them really grow theirs. So Hint, hint, we're not, you know, we're not making a public offering here, but if you guys need to reach out to myself or Holly and Scott, you know where to contact us. <laughs> um, okay, so, all right, now let's talk about selling these houses. You guys are retailing everything. You guys don't wholesale, right? You buy from wholesalers. Right, yeah, we, we don't wholesale. Never wholesaled anything. We yeah. retail them out with the agent that brings them to us because that's their big motivation to bring me deals. But, I mean, a new decision we just made a couple of weeks ago is I'm going to get my license awesome. so that I can sell stuff we buy from wholesalers. Since we've now bought a couple from wholesalers, like, Holy. well, maybe I should sell that because I don't have an obligation there. Well, and it also makes sometimes, you know, we're looking at a deal and I'm like, oh, we're just off by like two to 3%. It's like, oh, wait, we can sell that one ourselves, And it kind of, you know, it helps you get a couple of those other ones that are a little thinner and, and help make sense. I, I like that as an option. Um, Okay, so we've covered, you know, the four main areas I usually like to cover. Let's talk about you guys. <laughs> okay. A lot of people, you know, 
with a spouse or in a relationship. Sometimes you have partners. Sometimes people work by themselves. You guys work together. I've worked with my wife for a long time, and there are pros and cons to working together with a spouse. What is that dynamic like? What advice could you guys give um, to someone on how you manage those roles? And, you know, whenever I'm working with like an assistant or someone who works for me, it's like I just tell them what to do, right? But right. it's different in a spouse, you know, partnership. So how talk, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I can say, I mean, and I like, I'm big into personal development. I love to go to personal development seminars and read books. And I know that helps me in my, you know, working relationship with Scott. So that I would definitely recommend to work on, you know, taking and reading books on leadership and personal development and business improvement, because you really need it when you're with your spouse, because you don't want to hurt your marriage or, you know, whatever relationship you have over that. But like I try and I'm definitely the more communicative, talkative one. And Scott will sometimes, I would say like he might just get in a bad mood or something or something like, you don't really want to do that, do you? And he'll say, no. Okay, well, let me do that. So it's really important that you're good at communicating. And I'll say, what do you want to do? What are you good at doing? What do you like to do? And then what do I like to do? I mean, obviously, I'm really good at networking. My background is in finance. So I also handle all the bookkeeping, finances, taxes. And he's really good at the construction, if we need permits, interacting with inspectors. So we try to play to our strengths and I, we, we try to, um, you know, do what we like best. And um, yeah. what, what else could you say about that? Um, no, I, I agree completely. And then I, I am like the little nerdy organized one. I love Excel tremendously. So I will put... You know, I have a tracking sheet for cash flow. I have a tracking sheet for projects. And I'll say, come on, we got to sit down and we got to put our heads together and update each other on where we're at because we'll definitely both work on different parts of rehabs and of other things. And we won't necessarily always tell the other one. And sometimes, you know, we tell the contractors conflicting stuff. <laughs> They're a learning experience. Like, oh, he said that. Why are you saying that? Oh, okay, well, we need to have a little staff meeting here. Totally. So, I mean, definitely you got to be organized and have systems and communicate so that you're on the same page. I, I love that because, you know, Vanessa and I too, we've, there have been times, not anymore so much, where there's been some crossover. It's like, she'll talk to someone and I talk to someone. So after a while, it's like, okay, you got to kind of know who's in charge of what and who's doing what. Right. And, and play to your strengths. It's kind of interesting. I, in our marriage, I'm the loud, obnoxious one. I'm not saying you're obnoxious, Holly. I'm, I'm saying no, that. Okay. <laughs> you're just, you're just outgoing and sweet. I'm loud and obnoxious, right? And my wife is a little more, a little more reserved, but she's also very detailed and very organized. And I'll tell you what, I could not have gotten anywhere near where I am without her and her skills as well. So it's uh, it's pretty cool how that can work out. So we're, we're really fortunate in that we each do have different strengths. So and our strengths complement each other. So um, it just it seems like a really good fit in that way. Yeah, I love that. Um, so okay, you know, Holly, you uh, I won't get into the details because I know you know we don't want to talk numbers here, but on. Uh, I, on my drive home today, I took Brogan to school this morning. I'm not Brogan, Kaysen, uh, all the same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> get, my, get my kids mixed up. So I took him to school. On the way home, I was just sitting there and I was like trying to think about net worth. I was like, what do I want my net worth to be someday? You know, and 
And and I know it, it, it's more of the journey than actual the goal, but it's fun to have goals to help you in your journey, right? So I was like, hmm, wonder if would I be good at the ten million dollar net worth? And I was like, mm, nah, maybe a hundred. <laughs> I think it's funny. I went from like ten to a hundred, and there's like you know someday or whatever. But just out of zero, just right? out of zero, right? I mean, but, but that what what made me think? Well, first of all, I remember talking to you a while ago about like what you want your net worth to be someday. And, uh, so I think that's why that thought was in my head. Right. And, um, it just made me think about like systems. And I always tell people you know, once you can do one deal, like the first deal is usually harder than the next 10, the, ne- the first 10 are harder than the next 100. And that's how I felt too. Like once you learn how to make money and have systems, then you just have to duplicate that. Right. Um, so anyway, what are any final words that you guys have for anyone of inspiration of anyone looking to get started in this business? Inspire us, guys. Come on. Let's let's hear what you got. <laughs> I guess my advice if someone's trying to break into the business would be try and, try and buddy up with somebody that's already in it. 100%. And try and partner with them or learn from them or follow them around or, you know, because you don't have to do it by yourself. And, you know, if you fail on your first one, you know, that for most people would not be good or, you know, would not allow them to do a second one. So you want to make sure your first deal is is solid. And I'd say the best way to, you know, ensure that is to work with somebody that's done it before. I love that. So maybe, you know, not just expect them to do everything and tell you everything, but maybe give them some of the action or wholesome them a deal and just say, hey, do you mind if I kind of pay attention to what you're doing or maybe an equity split or something like that. Is that uh, something like that? Just yeah. figure something out. But the, the, you know, the probably the, you know, the, the newbie is going to get way more back in the education on that side to actually seeing a real deal go from, you know, start to finish than, you know, some extra percent of deal that they probably wouldn't have realized because they would have used not good contractors or totally. made bad decisions or, you know, whatever. And I think so many people have the mindset of, no, I want it all. But it's like, well, you're not going to have anything. Like you're basically getting paid for an education, right? Um, right. So I think that's great advice. Holly, what do, what do you got for us? Well, same thing as Scott. I'll just expand a little. So um, we are presently partnering with someone who had invested $30,000 in an education from a guru. And um, then they thought they were going to use their IRA account to invest in a flip and learned after they tied up the deal, the short sale in their own name, that they couldn't cash out their IRA without huge penalties. And they're up a creek and didn't know what to do. So one of our realtors that knows me well that I network with and call on a regular basis called us to save the day. We did. We came in with the money and we're doing an equity split and they're getting the education. It's their first deal. And I feel bad for people that go to the big gurus and they get sold on that. You don't need any of your own money, which, I mean, it's really hard to do a deal without any of your own money. You, you've either got to find someone with money or expertise or all of it. So, yeah, definitely see if you can work for someone on a part-time basis. On a, Maybe you work for free to tag along, but it's so valuable to learn from someone that knows what they're doing. And don't put all your eggs. Like if you have $20,000 total to your name, don't do a deal and put all of that in it because you could lose it all. No, and you can lose money in this business. And you, you yeah. shouldn't put up to, at risk more than what you can afford to lose, really. Yeah. 
Um, that's, that's great advice, guys. So you guys have given us a wealth of knowledge. We thank you. We salute you. You're amazing. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is? Is there any way anyone can follow you guys or get in touch with you if they, you know, maybe have a deal or something they want to partner up on or maybe some money to invest or whatever? What's the best way they can get in touch with you? I would say to give me, Holly, a call. My phone number is 951-836-2000. Or they can email us at starlegacyhomes at gmail.com. Awesome. You can also look up Star Legacy Homes on Facebook and see some of our um, before and afters. I'm, I'm better about the afters than the befores. The befores are so yucky, but you know, <laughs> pictures up there of our recent deals. And yeah, I'm happy to, to give people, you know, a little bit of free advice here and there and, and see if there's ways to partner. And yeah, I mean, new people, they should just say, talk to an experienced person, say, what would make it worth your while for me to learn from you? And what could I give to you in exchange for education from you? That's key. Totally. I, I- I couldn't agree more. When those before and afters are awesome, by the way, you guys do amazing, amazing work. So well, thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to be on here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You guys are awesome. So, all right, guys, we will see you soon. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Justin. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Love it. Thanks again, Scott and Holly. You guys are awesome. Uh, looking forward to you moving down here shortly and hanging out. So go to housewifinghq.com slash episode 34 to see all the show notes and leave any comments that you may have there. Uh, just a quick reminder, go to housewifinghq.com slash webinar to sign up for our next upcoming webinar. Uh, if you have not yet left us a rating and review on iTunes, please do so. It means the world to us and it really helps us get more exposure, which helps us just uh, keep plugging along here. So. All right, guys, keep it a trucking, keep things a going, just keep building those businesses. I mean, that's what this is all about. You know, you learn it and you build it. All right. So uh, as always, if you ever have any questions for me, just uh, feel free to post anything up in any of the comments section and I will get back to you. Uh, other than that, have a flipping fantabulous week. Uh, that was kind of lame, but anyway, whatever. I, I don't have time to edit this. I got I got to be somewhere. So All right, guys, have a great week, and we will see you on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.